Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. I'm Tom Poland, beaming out to you, as always, from little castaways beach on this white sand here next to the Blue Ocean in Queensland, Australia, joined today by Sean Campbell. Sean, g'day, sir. Very well, welcome. Where are you hanging out? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Hands across the water. So you're at the top end of that big ditch we call the Pacific Ocean. I'm at the bottom end. For those of you who don't know Sean, so Sean's thing is bringing a wealth of knowledge when it comes to surviving and thriving. If you're a service firm owner or a leader of a practice inside a larger services firm, his website is cascadeinsights.com. We're going to circle back to that in a little bit. And the title today is relevant and apt and appropriate to that website is how to deal with market pain and find new opportunities for growth through research. And Sean's going to give us a bit of a heads up on how to do that in just seven minutes. Sean, our seven minutes starts now, sir. Question number one is, who is your ideal client? In our case, it's a B2B technology company, and we define that pretty narrowly, so software and hardware. So if you think of HVAC for 100-story buildings as technology, I wouldn't disagree with you. It's technology. It's just not the kind of technology we service. Although I joke all the time, if SpaceX came calling, we'd find a way to work with rockets. I'm <laughs> right. sure we would. So give, us, <laughs> give us, just to flesh that out a bit, just two or three industry types that you definitely do work with. Well, for us, the industry is going to be basically you're a B2B software firm, right? So you have that, and then you may be in a variety of verticals. So you may work in life sciences, you may work in healthcare, you may work gotcha. in gas, you may be a traditional player like a Google or AWS or Microsoft, all those guys are accounts. So Perfect. it's more about what they offer to the market than necessarily their vertical alignment, if makes that makes sense. sense. Thank you very much. And so question number two, we've got six minutes left. What's the problem you solve for those ideal clients? Well, we used to summarize it a few different ways, but we ended up boiling it down to over the years. You know, this is year 16 of owning the firm. We either help people figure out how to identify and solve for market pain or identify and find new opportunities. And to be honest, I would say 80% of the people that call us are in pain, partly because it's easier to spend to solve for pain than it is to just, you know, spend for research to solve for opportunity. But those are the two things. Right. So, and, the, and the pain is either competitive threat. You've kind of done it to yourself. You have a poor product, poor solution. The opportunity is the traditional things. You've got a new product, new solution, new space you want to move into. You do business in the U.S. You want to grow across that big ditch and go do business in Australia. You know, you need to research that market before you get there. Thank you, sir. So question number three, five minutes left. What are the typical symptoms of people experiencing the pain or the pursuit of opportunity problems? So in other words, if someone's listening to this, how would they know that they need to talk with you? What sort of, so what's going on that they're going, oh yeah, heads up, I need, I need to reach out, talk to Sean. Nobody has any real data behind their opinions. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the biggest one. I mean, in a lot of companies, they build decisions on consensus making and kind of conjecture. Right. And it's fairly rare for them to go outside the building and say, what do our customers think of us when we're not in the room? what do our competitors really do well because we like to just disparage them but obviously they're functioning businesses under themselves so they must be servicing some type of customer efficiently and so let's go figure that out so okay. so i sometimes say that that insights in the building should have an expiration date on them and if it's been too long you need to update that and get yourself a new gallon of milk or a new pint depending on where you're at in the world so or lisa yeah yeah. Oh, sorry. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's okay. I understand the metrics thing. 
Hey, um, that leads us quite nicely into question four, four minutes left, question four, because you've mentioned a big mistake that people make, which is thinking, well, we all agree, right? So we must be going in the right direction as opposed to getting the data, getting the facts and basic decisions on that. Question four is what are the sort of common mistakes that people might be making trying to solve the problem, the pain problem or the, the pursue the opportunity problem? What are the things that they're doing that actually turns out in the end they go, oh, shit, that was a mistake? Well, for market research, I think the biggest one is a really huge emphasis on quantitative research over qualitative. You know, and some of that, I think, is just if you threw a rock out to your average business professional and you said, name what activity lines up with market research, they would say survey. But the only reason they would say that is because that's what they personally interact with. And so what happens is companies will try to solve for questions that really should be done through qualitative research, in-depth interviews, focus groups, et cetera by virtue of using kind of a more of a quantitative instrument. And the reason that's important, this is the shortest reason for it, is you need to know what questions are meaningful to ask first. And you do right. that through discovery. And many companies rush to, let's go build a survey instrument. Right. They ask a bunch of questions to just confirm their own biases. Right. And now they're, now, now they're back in the boat of having spent money to confirm biases, which, you know, that's not a good place to be. So does that mean that people need a process for coming up with the questions in the first place, as opposed to just, again, the fallback position of, we all agree these are the right questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Thank you. Two minutes left, so I better, I better hustle. Question five is the valuable for reaction. So this is a top tip. Take folks a step in the right direction, probably won't solve the whole problem. What do you got? I would say the next time you're in a meeting and you're all discussing something, just simply look around at all those opinions that are shared and see if anyone has any data or any input that is from any source outside the building. Wonderful. And if it's not, maybe you need to go get some research. And again, just to be clear, maybe it's even desk research or web research or finding an independent report. But if you feel like meeting after meeting, you're just talking about data sources from inside the four walls, right. that should be a warning bell. All right. Thank you, sir. 80 seconds left. Question six, one valuable free resource. Now, folks, the website is cascadeinsights.com. What could people get from that, Sean, that might actually further educate them about this? Probably one singular resource is we have something called 101 Market Research Questions that has a lot of different research questions that organizations should ask. Nice. There's also some interesting podcast episodes and blog posts we've done on the subject over the years. Okay, so go to cascadeinsights.com. Under resources, you will find B2B studies and resources. There's a lot of information there. Thank you, sir. 45 seconds left. One more question. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? When shouldn't you do market research? So when should you not do market research? <laughs> There's a couple answers seconds. to that really short. Yeah, no, really short. Sometimes instinct is the best guide. If you're a small company, you don't always have to go necessarily blow the money out to go do research. Right. The other time would be, when really you do have access to really good data about the market, you don't have to keep reconfirming it. Large companies fall into that trap because they're risk averse. So they keep paying for research long past the point they should have. Perfect. Sean Campbell, thank you so much for your time. Three seconds to spare. You're a gem. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.